we put out a thing on our Facebook page and we just asked you guys, what do you want to hear us preach about? So far out of all the entries we got, and we got tons, the number one thing that you guys are wanting to hear about is help me, I'm stressed out. Everybody chose that one. That was pretty much the most popular one. And so today uh, we're going to talk about uh, stress. And definitely it was funny because I was getting ready this morning. And for those of you that don't know, um, we do three services here. My kids are at all three services with us um, every Sunday. And praise the Lord. And on top of that, Brian leaves the house at 6 a.m. in the morning. And I'm left to get the kids ready and myself ready, which is a job all of itself. And um, I'm trying to get ready. And we've got next steps at our house today. So I'm trying to make my house look like we don't live there. After being gone for a week and we've got suitcases sprawled out everywhere and their stuff and I'm so stressed out and Braylee's like, I need help with my necklace and I need help with my clothes and I'm like, I need help with my life. And uh, she goes, Mom, are you stressed? And I'm like, yes, I'm stressed. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I need the message I'm preaching today. Come on. And uh, so I thought it was rather ironic because I nearly just laid down in my closet this morning and just slept there and just missed service because I was freaking out trying to get everything together. But I I got myself together and we're here. And today we're going to be talking to me about stress, how to deal with stress. So let's pray real quick as we begin. Jesus, I just thank you that this is a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Father, I thank you for every heart that's open and receptive. Father, every ear is open for the seed of the word of God. Father, declare in this place that every life will be changed, that no one will leave the same. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So me and Brian, um, I love to shop. It's my first ministry for those that don't know. I don't have as much time for it as I would like. I wish that shopping took up the 40 hour work week that I have. That would be awesome. But I do love to go shopping and Brian's a D personality. And for those of you that don't know, D's are very task oriented, right, Brittany? And so if I tell Brian that I'm looking for a boot, he will want to know what does it look like? What's the name brand? And then every store that we go into, that's the only thing I'm allowed to look at is that boot. But he doesn't know that shopping is an experience to find the boots and that we may find lots of things along the way and still not get the boots. But it's okay because we got shirts and jewelry and all kinds of things, all kinds of plunder to show for our spoils, to show for our day excursion. And so I withhold my list from him and don't let him know what I'm looking for. And uh, this usually begins with me shopping through every section. And I love to touch clothes. Do any women in the house, do you love to touch every shirt? You may not even like the pattern, but you just want to feel it because you just like to touch it. I don't know what it is, but I like to touch everything. And and then the second thing, if you even think it's remotely cute, you want to do what? You want to see how much it costs, right? And so you look for the price tag and you see how much it costs. And Brian goes, do you want it? Because he thinks if I've touched it, I've looked at the price. That means that I want it. And I said, no, I just, I just like to see the price. And he goes, well, does, but do you want it? No, because sometimes the price will let me know if I really want it or not. And sometimes if it's cheap enough, even though I don't really like it, I'll buy it because I need more stuff just hanging there that I'll never wear for the next six years. And then I give it away. Is anybody else like me in this place? And so he's always perplexed at this. And he's like, so you just look at stuff and see if it's worth the price, if it's soft. And then if it meets those two criteria, then you get it. I'm like, basically, that's, that's pretty much how that works. And when I was preparing for this message, I just thought if we could go through and see the price tag that stress is costing us, 
I wonder if we'd be willing to change our lifestyle. And I think a lot of us, I'm going to tell you what this message isn't. This message is not a message to help you learn how to cope with stress. Because here's the truth, is that a time management message will not help you. Uh, Most Americans are so stressed out, and they're living so far beyond their means, so far beyond what they should be doing, that it's costing them their marriage. It's costing them their families. It's costing them their joy, their faith. It's costing them everything. And I wonder if you could flip over the price tag and see what you're paying to live the lifestyle that you're living, if you would continue to do it. And today, I challenge you, as as I do myself, I want us all to kind of look inwardly. And what I'm doing in this message, I hope that I have you look at your life and your priorities and the things that you have in your life in a different light. Uh, I was reading this stat the other day, and I can totally relate because this was me this morning. 80% of all moms cite that they feel an unbearable amount of stress unbearable amount of stress. 70% of Americans say they are sleep deprived. They're not getting enough sleep at night. Uh, They say that our generation, my generation right now, we will work 181 hours more per year than previous generations. That's per year. That adds up to one month more of work per year. What does that mean? That means we're not taking days off. We're not giving ourselves time to enjoy life. You know, I think it's funny that used to generations before us considered the American dream was going after your dreams to raise a good family, to have a good life, and to enjoy it. And it's funny that the American dream now to our generation is things. It's the bigger house, it's the nicer car, it's all the stuff, but we've taken all the family out of it. We've taken all the everything that's really important. I just question if the lifestyle that we're living is causing us to peak out. Let's talk about this first before we talk about other things. Why are we so busy? Let's, why are we so busy? The first reason why we're so busy is because we believe more is better, right? We, we, we live in a society that tells us if one donut's good, two is if, if one kid is good, two is, just kidding, I'm, unless you're the shooks, then four is better, right? But if one car is good, two is, is that we've got a society that tells us that you've got to have more. If, you, if one isn't enough, we've got to have more. The second reason why we're so busy is for social pressure. Let's just be real. Everybody in your life has a plan for your life except for you. Credit card companies have a plan for your life. That's to keep you in debt. Your family has a plan for your life. The school that you go to, they have a plan for your life because they want you to be in the PTO and they want you to sign up for the bake sale and and the yard sale and this sale and that sale. And I just say no. And they want you to go to every field trip. Come on, go to lunch, be a room mom and everything else. You don't want me as your room mom. I I will kick a kid in a minute. I am... I am not good. I'm the mom that shows up with the store-bought cookies. I'm that mom, you know. I'm the mom that shows up with the Subway cookies because I didn't even have time to go into Kroger. I just went through the drive-thru at Subway. You don't want me as your room mom. I will want to kill all those kids for spilling their juice everywhere and there's chaos everywhere. So so the second reason is social pressure. Uh, I think it's time for us to trade popularity for respect. It's time for us to start saying this, say no. Come on, say it with me. Say no. No. There's social pressure. There's all this pressure to do all these things. Number three, we want everything and we want it now. 
We want it right now. Let me just challenge you. My generation, my age group, the 20-somethings to the 30-somethings, we want everything our parents had, and we wanted it by the time we were 25. And that's why we're spending 117% of our income, and that's what Americans are spending. You cannot keep spending that and stay afloat. Isn't it funny that Americans are spending 117% of their income, and the number one reason for divorce is money? Maybe we should start saying no to some purchases and saying yes to our family, saying yes to our marriage. Come on, and don't make me go there. Number four, our worth comes from our schedule. We are addicted to busy. I I was talking to BJ and Ashley Flanagan in our small group the other night. I said, I refuse to reply that my life is busy when people ask me how I'm doing. Instead, I say my life is full. When something's full, it's full on purpose. Everything that's put into it is with a purpose. It's intentional. It's not just all busy. Some of you are so busy, and you're not even busy. You just spend a lot of time on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. We're addicted to when you walk into an office or you walk in and you're in a waiting room, you've got to get your phone up and you're, you're cruising through. Because why? You want to look like you're busy, right? Is some of you can't even drive down the road without doing a phone call or having something on the radio and just listening to the sound of the tires in the highway. Come on, somebody. We're so addicted to busy. I'm just going to release you of something. You can say no to someone and not have a reason why. I'll just tell you that at my house, you will not ever get a meeting with Brian and I on a Monday night. You know why? Because that's for my family. And my answer to you will always be this, no. And I don't have to give you a reason why. My family is a justifiable reason why. So, to refresh, we're not talking about a way to cope. And we're not, I'm not giving you a way to be able to keep everything you have and maintain the lifestyle you have. So, how do we change? This is the first way to change from our stressful life. Is we're going to start living with less of what does matter instead of more of what doesn't. We're going to start living with less of what does matter instead of more of what doesn't. In other words, we're not going to be so consumed with having more that we're not satisfied with the less. I love this in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. It says, better a handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil and grasping for the wind. The Bible's telling you this, less is more. Less is more. Uh, in Proverbs 10, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow. How much sorrow? No sorrow with it. I had somebody one time come up to me, and they said, Oh, Pastor Crystal. And I just say this with all the love in my heart. They said, Oh, Pastor Crystal, I want you to come see the blessing of the Lord, the car the Lord gave me. And I said, okay, well, let's go see it. And we walked out there, and this was a nice, shiny, brand new, expensive luxury SUV. Now, let me just be real here. The lady before was driving a Geo Metro. Okay, let's just get real, real. I mean, this is not a upgrade. This is like an upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. I was like, oh my gosh, God gave this to you. Yes, Crystal, God gave it to me. He is so good, man. The God is good. I said, well, who did somebody walk up and give you this car? And she. Goes, oh no, no, no. I traded in my Geo Metro and I'm paying payments for the next seven years of this amount. That is not a blessing from the Lord. 
And do you want me to just break it down real, real? A year later, her car got repossessed because she couldn't afford it. And here's the thing. Let me just challenge you. If, if what you have, people tell me all the time, well, I work overtime so we can live in the neighborhood we live in and have the things we have. It, your kids, in looking back at their memories of their childhood, they're not going to remember if their parents drove the nicest car. I drive a minivan, for heaven's sake. All cool factors gone. They're not going to remember if you lived in the nicer neighborhood. They're not going to remember all those things. You know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember nights when their family was together around a table. They're going to remember times that you spent together laughing. Nobody wants the stressed out mom. Nobody wants the overworked dad that's always gone because he's trying to pay for your kids. Your kids don't need 50 pair of Under Armour shoes. You tell them no. Get them some Mikey's. Come on. It'll do them good to get some L.A. gear. Where's all my L.A. gear people at? But for a Jansport, yeah. But for real, are we so caught up in pleasing everybody that we're paying the price? You're paying the price whether you realize it or not. And we think, well, I'm doing this for my family. No, you're doing it for you, for your pride to feel good when you roll up in that car. You're not doing it for your kids. Your kids will get to and from in a pay car for a car with a happy parents better than they are with a stressed out parents and the nice car. Can I get an amen? Am I messing with you? The blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow with it. In other words, true blessing is not stressing about whether or not you're going to pay that house bill. True blessing is not worrying if my car is going to get repossessed. True blessing. I wonder if we can just begin to be happy with what we have. One handful of blessing is better than two handfuls grasping for the wind. Number two, you have all the time you need. You have all the time you need. You ever talk to somebody? And uh, Jessica, you ever talk to somebody and they go, oh, I just need more time. I need more hours in the day. That's the stupidest thing you could ever say. You are never going to get more time in a day. Time is an equal opportunity giver. Everybody gets the same whether you make six figures, no figures, or one figure. You get 24 hours in a day. The problem is not the time you have. The problem is where you're spending it. Are we spending it on the things that don't matter? Psalms uh, 90 verse 12 says this. So teach us to number our days that we may get us a heart of wisdom. You know, I did, I read this the other day that in 18 years from the time our child's born to the time that they turn 18 is 936 Saturdays. I did the math and my daughter only has 389 left. I'm, ha- I'm over halfway done. Now, when you think about, I only have 389 more Saturdays where I have full-time rights to making memories with her. How much does that change what you say yes to? It makes you look at things a little differently. If you realize how limited your time was, then you would begin to look inwardly and say, God, how am I spending my time? The third thing that we need to do is we need to begin to live life on purpose. Live life on purpose. Nine out of ten Christians never discover their purpose. They get saved. That's great. They make heaven their home, but they never understand why they're here. Maybe that's you here in, here in this room because our third most requested item was how do I find my purpose? 
And I, I want to challenge you that me and Brian, we're passionate about you finding your purpose. And your purpose is always going to be connected to the local church. And that's why we have Next Steps this Sunday uh, at Brian and my house. We want you to come go through our Next Steps program. Maybe you've been dating us for a while. You've been coming to the church. You like us. But, hey, can, can we make it official and you've become part of the dream team? Because there's something that happens when you begin that when you begin to realize that my life has a purpose. And when you're back there and you're serving and you're doing stuff for God's house, all of a sudden there becomes a worth that comes on your life. And all of a sudden you realize this is what I'm created for. This is why I'm here. So we'd love for you to join us at Next Steps today. That's a selfish pl- this is a selfless plug. <laughs> but I, wanna, I want us to challenge us with this. It, to live life on purpose is this. It's a decision to stop being a gambler with our time and start being an investor. If we saw every decision that we make uh, through our purpose, then you would begin to invest your time in the right things. I think some of us are so busy on things that we think other people want us to do or our parents wanted us to do or whatever wanted us to do or we're trying to look like we have it all together when we really don't. And if we start making decisions filtered through, does this get me closer to my purpose or further away? Because every decision you make is either putting you one step closer or one step further to your destiny. So how do we do that? This is a super practical message, right? Is this good? This isn't a shout you down. This is just a good message. So first, we're going to take inventory. And I want you to go home and I want you to ask yourself these questions. Am I doing what I should be doing? Am I doing what I should be doing? Does, does these things, do they make me happy or am I doing them out of obligation? Within the back of your mind, you're releasing yourself. It's okay to say no. Sometimes I think we start activities and we just do it because we've always done it. And we've never stopped to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Uh, one of the best things that Brian and I do is every week on Monday at 9 a.m., we have a standing appointment together. It's actually at 8 a.m. Uh, we meet together and I go over my schedule and he goes over his schedule every week. Husbands and wives, this totally helped arguments between us. Because used to before, he wouldn't know that the kids had a dentist appointment on Thursday at nine. And I would be frustrated because he's not helping me out. He wouldn't know that there's a ball game at whatever. I wouldn't know. I usually don't know about the ball games. He does. He keeps up with that very well. Um, I usually have no clue. But we would be on different pages and we'd be frustrated. And the reason why is because we never took that time to get on the same page. We talk to each other and find out where we're at. And the second question you need to ask is, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And a lot of times I think we do things out of weird obligation. And, and I always just picture it this way. Would it still go on without me? Would it still go on without me? If I resigned from being room mom, if I resigned from being coach of that team, if I resigned from being whatever, would it still go on without me? And I guarantee you that 10 times out of 10, the answer is yes. Most of the things that we do, we just do it for weird reasons. And in our mind, we think, well, if I don't do it, who will? Well, somebody will step up, and it'll be just fine. And you need to focus that time on your family. Uh, the next thing is, do I schedule, uh, does my schedule reflect my priorities? Does my schedule reflect my priorities? Here's the thing. is people tell me all the time, Crystal, I just love my kids with all my heart. I just love my kids with all my heart. Man, I love my husband with all my heart. That's great, but your husband can't see your heart. 
Your kids can't see your heart, but they can see where you spend your time. If, if you tell me that your marriage is important, when's the last date night you had? If you tell me that your family's important, when's the last family dinner you had? If you tell me, see, wherever you, whatever's important, I can see that in your schedule, just like you can open up my checkbook and see that I love Nordstrom. It's, it's the same thing, because where you spend your time is where your heart is. So what happens is, is the enemy gets us so busy doing the stuff that doesn't matter that we miss out on the stuff that does matter. So we're missing out on family time. We're too busy for date night. We're too busy for all these things. And then here's the biggest thing is we get too busy and people go, Crystal, I just don't have time to go to church. If you're too busy to go to church, go to small group, go to something, something's off. Because what happens is, is when our priorities get all out of line like that, and this isn't out of judgment, this is out of love. Because I want to see you raise good families. I want to see you have lasting marriages. And none of those things happen on accident. And I think we get so busy pursuing stuff that we forget the things that really do matter. Let's show our family that we love them by showing them where we spend our time. I always ask myself, will it matter 20 years from now? Will it matter 20 years from now? I always challenge, uh, this is uh, uh, one of our overseers. He told me this, Isaiah, a long time ago. He said, I want you to picture your dining room table. And I want you to picture it 20 years from now. Some of you do the math on some of your kids. How old are they going to be? Mom, don't do the math on that because I'll still be 25. (laughs) She's laughing (laughs) because you're 29. So she had me at four. It's really, it was a miracle. Um, (laughs) We still can't figure it out. It's, it's incredible. But picture, add 20 years to your kid's life. Add 20 years to your life. What do you picture that dining room table looking like? Do you picture your kids being there by obligation or them being excited? They're there with their spouses. They're there with your grandkids. I see laughter. I see us having big plates full of food. Come on, because we eat really good at my house. Lots of desserts, because I love dessert. And my kids will be coffee drinkers in Jesus' name. But I see us having a good time. And this is, what, this is what one of the pastors in my life that speaks into my life, he said, Crystal, what you're doing with them today is going to determine what that table looks like 20 years from now. And that, for me, changes everything. So that's why when Braylee comes to me and she wants to talk about stuff that if I just got honest, I really don't care I don't care. I don't want to talk about necklaces and band names and and folders, whether they're kitty cats or dolphins or rainbows. I could not care about a unicorn or or UIL and DI and all these different things and what Susie said and she likes Johnny and I just don't know what to think about this and what we're going to eat for lunch and all this stuff. But here's the thing is I know if I make time for her right now at 10 to talk about those things, when she's 20, She'll, I have built that relationship with her that she knows she can come talk to me at 20 about things that really do matter. When she's 15 and she's got sexual pressure, drug pressure, and all the different things, she'll be able to talk to me. But see, if I'm stressed out and going here, there, and everywhere without a purpose, and my purpose isn't building the family, then I would push her aside and say, I don't have time for you. Let's begin to see things. So, so we got to ask ourselves, what matters? What matters? At the end of it all, there's only three things that matter. The first thing is God. I love the Apostle Paul. He said, I'm forsaking all else. 
I've strived to know this one thing, and that's to know him, know Jesus, and know him crucified. In other words, he's saying everything, all of my achievements, everything that I am and everything that I do, it all just comes down to this one thing. I just want to know him. Jesus only preached one message on stress. He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither toil nor sow, and here they are. They know that they're going to be taken care of because their heavenly Father cares for them. And he said, do this one thing. Seek my kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. So in other words, God's saying, hey, if you'll just keep me first place, if you'll just keep me first place, I promise you I will take care of everything else. So what really matters at the end of the day, every decision I have to make is I have to ask, is this going to help my relationship with God or hurt my relationship with God? Is this helping me build my faith or is this taking away from my faith? And no doubt I do things that don't matter. I have a hard time with doing things that don't matter. But I do do things that don't matter. But I never do them before I've done what really matters. And that's my relationship with God. That's why the Bible, I think seeking him first uh, is is something that I do every morning. Because I've learned that if I don't wake up and just set a little bit of time away with God, then the rest of my day takes off and I realize I haven't even talked to him today. And for some of you, that may be one little scripture. For some of you, it just may be a prayer driving down the road. You don't have to make it complicated. But what matters is number one, God. Number two, people. People are the only thing that we'll take with us. That's it. Your four by four awesome Ford truck that's got all the bells and whistles, your house that could be on MTV Cribs, as cool as you think it is, all your Nordstrom bags, Louis Vuittons, everything else, all those things are great, but it's people. If I asked you to, I'll show you why people are important. If I asked you to tell me the last five messages I preached, you couldn't tell me. I couldn't tell you. But if I asked you 10 people who changed your life, you could tell me like that. You could tell me, you could say, well, it was my next door neighbor. It was a coworker, it was a boss, it was my grandmother, it was. And you begin to tell me why, because people matter. And we get so busy with everything else that we don't make time for relationships. We don't make time to have people over in our house and just laugh and have a good time. I, I was thinking the other day, because I love the Shooks, and I know I pick on them a lot when I preach, but they're just such an easy target. And I was thinking about them the other day, and I thought, yeah, I just had them over just a few weeks ago. And then all of a sudden I realized I had a Christmas tree up in my house the last time that they were over at my house. It's been a little while. I owe y'all dinner. But I realized that so many times we get so busy that we forget people. Let's start investing into people. And the third thing that matters is eternity. Why, Crystal? Why are you guys always pushing dream team? Why are you always pushing next steps? You know why we push it? It's because we know that eternity is real. And there's something about when you serve in the house of God, you're seeing people want to the kingdom, 697 salvations in one year. We're populating heaven and we're depleting hell. We're doing great things, but it happens because somebody serves and in their serving, they're making a difference in eternity. In their serving, they're making a difference. The Bible tells us a story. Jesus says, there was a man who found a treasure in a field and when he had dug it up and found it, he buried it back because it wasn't his land. And he went off and he sold everything. Somebody say everything. So he could go back and purchase it. And what was he talking about? He's saying anything for the kingdom is worth everything that we have. 
At the end of our life, all that's going to matter is God, people, and the things that we did for eternity.